Olá a todos, meu nome é Antônio, eu moro no Brasil, minha língua materna é o português, and you're listening to The Fluent Show. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving Living and learning languages. Hello, fluent show listeners. Hello, fluent fam. My name is Kirsten Cable. I am from fluentlanguage.co.uk. That's a website where you can get courses and coaching and lots of articles and information about learning another language. And I'm here to talk about that, anything and everything interesting from the world of learning another language. I hope you're doing well. I've got great news that the blinds in my new home are now up, so there's slightly less sound bounciness. I'm trying to record not from under a blanket, and I'm hoping that I sound okay. So I hope you enjoy today's podcast, uh, given the usual challenges of being in a home recording environment and all that stuff, but we're getting there. We're really, really getting there. Thank you all. I wanted to take a second and just thank you all for your reactions to the recent statement that I put out about racism. It is very, very much appreciated. I received many kind words and some of you said that you found it helpful. And I'm so glad if the few words and thoughts and they're very, you know... Half to 75% formed were able to help you in, in some really, really dark and bad times and bad weeks. And wherever you are, I hope that you are keeping safe, both with COVID and also with what is going on in many, many places right now in terms of protests and people in the street and everything's just crazy, right? I have donated to Black Lives Matter that week on behalf of the patrons of The Fluent Show. So a particular high five goes out to all of the patrons of The Fluent Show. And I'll put the episode, the little statement in the show notes in case you want to catch up with that six minute podcast. After putting it all together, I thought I would also get in touch with The Fluent Show's sponsor. The sponsor, as you know, is Yabla. It's a really lovely company who I've enjoyed and we've enjoyed having as a sponsor for quite a while now. And I really enjoy using, so I'll tell you in a minute about why Yabla is great. But talking to them, we also um, said it would be nice to for them to take a stand and they really wanted to. So they shared a statement with me that I will read out for you. Yabla a New York City institution and its worldwide staff actively stand and kneel with our fellow citizens of city, country and planet in denouncing violence and injustice at the hands of police, the military and other powers of the state against people of color in general, against black people in particular. We encourage all our friends in the language learning community to take a break from business as usual. Let's put down our studies, take a pause And add a voice, add a presence, big or small, to the call for real change and a new era. And with that being said, there's no way I can make a podcast that is a voice that will talk to you about language learning without taking that little break. So let's take the break. Let's give it a minute of silence. 
given the background noise in the home recording environment, to really consider and think about all those who are in that struggle right now. There we go. And if you're interested in adding your money to the course, if you're interested in adding your voice to the course, Black Lives Matter is a good first place to look. And there are many, many more, many more institutions here in the UK. Show Racism the Red Card is a great place to start. Or most charities really are getting involved. Now that we've said that and we've taken our break... Let's talk about what else is on because I have so many announcements this week and I want to bring you, like I said last time, I want to bring you some light. I want to bring you some light in the darkness as well and, you know, some, some distractions and the topic is so, so great. So let's get on with it. First of all, what is Yabla? If you haven't heard about Yabla at all, my sponsor here for the Fluent Show, well, right now, Yabla is where I am watching the voice of China. As you know, I'm still a Chinese learner, very struggling Chinese learner. And I sometimes look through the Yabla directory. Yabla is a video database where you can get videos on so many different topics. Yoga videos, soap operas, telenovelas, episodes of the voice. <laughs> and they're all completely prepared to give you the benefits of extensive listening which is where you just enjoy, get your brain used to working out what's going on. And you get subtitles. And in Chinese, even, you can get the subtitles in characters, so in, in the Hanse, in Pinyin, and in English. Switch either one of them off and on. And you can get the benefits of intensive listening for any clip, wherever you really want to get in and hear exactly, listen out for what you're hearing. You can slow down the audio, you can do dictation, you can loop the audio. It's all just like there, go sentence by sentence and you can listen to that sentence as many times as you want and just say, loop this and it jumps back, plays it again, jumps back, plays it again, which is my favorite feature, hands down, because it's so useful. So whether you want to do extensive listening, intensive listening, if you want to boost your listening practice and just watch something entertaining in your target language with great subtitles and really prepared and worked on for language learners, then head over to yabla.com slash fluentshow. And one thing that they have mentioned uh, that they would really like me to mention as well is that Yabla is available for learning groups as well. So if you are a teacher in a school or if you're in a college and you're interested in using Yabla with your group, with your class, you can do that. And it's available in English, French, German, Italian, Chinese and Spanish. Oh, that's Yabla. Okay. Thank you so much to them for supporting the show. I'm almost rushing because I've got so many announcements this week. So I'll make these quick. I promise. 
First of all, patrons, I've already mentioned the patrons of The Fluent Show, they just got a bonus audio in their feed from a live class that Lindsay and I put together about imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is this month's language league topic. So have a look over there, patreon.com slash fluent show and check it out. Being a patron gives you access to bonus content and discounts on some of my products too. And secondly, the teach and thrive summit for online teachers is finally open the time has come i'm so excited so it's open right now and it's happening this week this week it's happening online like everything at the moment so you don't have to travel you can just join us in your pajamas that's absolutely fine with your i was gonna say with your custard with your custard if you like to eat custard with your cereal whatever it is we ain't judging and we can't even see you it is perfect for you if you want to teach from anywhere on your own schedule and with people who are awesome so it never feels like work if you're dreaming of launching an online course or starting a podcast maybe hi or writing a book or all three I, I would love for you to just do all three. It's fantastic. I've done all three and each of them is rewarding and fascinating in its own way and challenging. Or if you want to have an audience of fantastic people listening to you, watching you on YouTube, sharing your message, and you want to teach useful things to the right kind of people. Teaching online, it's not just for people who've got this sort of framed TESOL certificate on their wall. It really isn't. I haven't got one. And it can be for you if you are passionate, creative, and you want to make your living doing meaningful work every day. So if all that sounds like your jam and you want to join us, then the Teach and Thrive Summit is the perfect opportunity to get started. It's I'll be there all the time leading lots and lots of sessions. I'm leading a masterclass, sort of a yeah workshop about going beyond one-to-one. -one. So different ways that you can structure your teaching and that you can bring in groups and make it all really sustainable so that you can work for as long and in an enjoyable way as much as you want. And Lindsay Williams, my co-host for this podcast here, is also going to be there. She's running it with me and she'll be talking about marketing like a human so that you sound like someone who isn't just going like, sell, sell, bye-bye, sign up, buy here, I don't know, or lose your life forever. Like, that's not really what we're about. And we'll show you how to integrate all of that so that you can teach in alignment and you can run your company and really be a business. Takes both sides. Oh, well, if all that sounds interesting to you, the link that you need is fluentlanguage.co slash summit dash 2020 it's a bit complicated but don't worry it's in the show notes for you so let's just give the show notes and that's the place for you i want you to go to get all the links for this episode and they are at fluent.show slash 185 that is www.fluent.show slash 185 all right time for the topic this week this is based on a listener question from Dem and I'm kind of going to go full body lotion advert, love yourself in it a little bit, but for good reason. And we're going to work through it step by step. So Dem asks, how do you use a foreign accent confidently? He says, I ask this because whenever I go to school, I tend to use my Gambian accent because I think I kind of feel shy to use my me accent. 
I sometimes use the British accent without noticing. Is this a good sign? Can you get an accent by listening to podcast? So many great questions in there and we're going to answer them all. And first of all, I want to say how much I love the concept of the me accent. What is, you know, you as a listener, have a second, just, I don't know, pause the podcast if you need to think about what is your me accent? What shaped your me accent? Who gets to hear your me accent? Are there people that don't? Right, now we're primed with lots of interesting thoughts. Let's get into question number one, which is what even is an accent? So before I tell you like lots and lots about what is an accent, sometimes there's just a definition that is so perfect that I don't really need to put it into my own words on top of it. And that is what happened to me when I had a quick look on linguistlist.org. That's a fantastic website. It's just all around wonderful. I've got it in the show notes, of course. So on Linguist List, there was an article from their FAQ, Ask a Linguist, and it's called What is an Accent? So I'll be drawing on this article a lot in today's podcast. So shout out to its author, Anthea Fraser Gupta. And this is what she says. An accent is a way of pronouncing a language. It is therefore impossible to speak without an accent. Let's read that again. Impossible. You learned your accent when you learned your language, no matter which language it is. Even signed languages have got accents. And that is something to really consider. No one in the world doesn't have an accent. If you think, oh, they speak accent-free, they don't speak accent-free. So what gives? This is not how the world, the world doesn't think that there are people who have, that everybody has an accent, right? We talk about people speaking accent free. So what do we mean? Well, number one, the thing that influences it is the fact that there are so-called reference accents or prestige accents. If you heard last week's episode about loan words with Mathilde Dutin, you'll have a sense of what's sort of happening there. Certain languages and accents can come to represent the standardized way of speaking, especially when the people who are represented in the government and in the media and in business all sound a certain way. So, for example, what used to be very prevalent in the media in the UK and sort of used by the BBC, because the idea was that a news presenter should always sound like any other news presenter, is something called received pronunciation. A received pronunciation is kind of not used so much anymore. The BBC has gone and media in general in the UK has gone to favor regional accent. And these days we will hear a Welsh accent. We will hear a northern Welsh, like say a not a Northern Welsh, we'll hear a Yorkshire accent, we'll hear a Scottish accent on the news, and it's no big deal. But back in the day, that didn't used to be a thing. Now, is received pronunciation accent-free English? Has it ever been accent-free English? Obviously not, obviously not. With English in particular, because it's always, you know, it's it, due to the history, it exists on several col uh, continents. And there are ways of pronouncing words where it's really obvious that the way of pronouncing the word is incredibly different. And still, each of the speakers completely considers their way of doing it the absolute standard way. May I just refer you to aluminium, which I am absolutely convinced is how you say that word, aluminium. Now, if you're a listener in the USA, you're going you're gonna to turn your head and say, say what? It's aluminum. 
It is obviously not olive. I mean, come on. <laughs> the same goes for oregano and oregano. The same goes for lots and lots of different words. So even just in those little words, we can tell that whoever considers themselves the standard is not really the standard. Secondly, accents have this way of giving people a clue about where you're from. So especially as a language learner, your accent kind of marks you out as someone who isn't from the target language group. And many language learners are uncomfortable speaking their target language and they, they desire to be almost seen as, you know, you want to feel like one of the gang. But the idea here becomes that I have to reduce my accent that sounds like not being from wherever this place is because I want to be absolutely belonging. And it can, read, it can lead to you feeling terribly awkward about having an accent that is different from that kind of target language place. So, for example, when I first came to England, uh, England, I'll come back to this um, in a minute. When I first came to England, I didn't really want to be heard as German. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to have, and it's to do also with how people react. I didn't want to have conversations about being from Germany all the time. I just wanted to be as immersed as deeply as I could. And part of that was also, I just, I was kind of done with being in Germany all the time. I, I just wanted to be in England and really be in England, you know. So there is an element of you personally as a language learner wanting to achieve something about yourself by picking up this other language and by really just being in the other language and belonging it's it's not just about oh i've learned this so well it's also about the deeper reasons why we learn those languages and our accents can can feel like a hurdle now them the listener maybe this explains why you say you feel shy about using your me accent as well because accents changing unintentionally is a normal thing. So let's have a talk about that. Now, every language, like we said, has got accents, has got variations. Often they depend on geography, but they can also be related to class or class. <laughs> That's regional, but often perceived as a class difference as well. And educational background as well. What happens in essence is when a certain group of people get together... Again, especially if they hold power in a society, they will want to sound like each other. If you come into contact with them and you want to get the benefits of being a member of that group, you are going to adjust how you speak so that you fit in better. Most of the time, this isn't even intentional. This happens no matter what. For example, I feel very awkward now when I return home to Germany and I haven't gotten back into the rhythm of German yet and my German sort of sounds like I'm kind of an English... I, I have an English language melody and all of my wordings is kind of wrong and it just all kind of doesn't come out as if I am from there. So I have acquired some kind of I'm a German expat accent and... For me, when I speak to my family, it makes me feel awful because I'm from the exact place as them. But I do have different education and I've got different circumstances now. But I want to show them my love and I want to show them that I am 100%. You know, I, I want to be part of, of this family and want to feel as involved as possible. So what happens is I will 
consciously and unconsciously work harder on sounding as much like them and speaking as much like them as I possibly can. My me accent in German and, and in that moment is is not who I want to be, right? And this is this is sort of I love how this connects with language and identity. This is about the me that you are sometimes not being entirely comfortable in a space yet. Now, regarding picking up an accent from podcasts, this also belongs in that area of changing your accent unintentionally. Yes, I think it's absolutely possible to pick up an accent from a podcast, to pick up an accent from a TV show or wherever. And I even noticed it in myself as a teenager. As I was a German speaker and I would watch a lot of kind of American high school teen shows, especially Buffy the Vampire Slayer, best show ever, love it. And watching a lot of Buffy, if I watched, say, three episodes of television in a row or two episodes, I might have recorded them and watched them again. And I did record them on tape because, you know, elder millennial here. <laughs> so binge watching these shows meant for the next two or three days, I had that language, I had that way of speaking in my mind, and I would end up talking like Buffy. I think it's, I think because it seemed really cool at the time. So even if I was speaking German, I still wanted to sound like the cool character that I was hearing. And the voiceover influenced me. The way the dialogue was influenced me. So my dialogue rhythm became different and the way I made remarks became different. And I think some of that, again, when you're a teenager is particularly common because your identity is still developing. So you're just that much more open to influences from everywhere around you. Now, finally, I also want to say to you that it is absolutely possible to change your accent on purpose if that's what you want to do. It's, it's not hard for everybody. But for some people, it's a lot of work and it certainly is work. And there are hundreds of examples of people doing it. And it's not always to do with learning a language or wanting to fit in. I'm thinking about actors and actresses who change their accents. Sorry, I'm going to correct myself. I said actors and actresses then, but I want to be as, as gender inclusive as I can. So I'm just going to say actors to mean any humans who do acting. So for it, and I'm going to leave this in because I want it to be super clear. So there are hundreds of examples of actors who change their accents to portray a role. Accent changing is absolutely open to everyone. Now, if you're thinking of, say, learning English and wanting to get rid of what you said before, your, your me accent, your Gambian accent, if you're a listener, say, for example, you're from Vietnam and you're coming to the UK and you want to go to, let's say, university in a COVID-free fantasy world and you you don't want to sound so noticeably Vietnamese or German, let's say. There are ways of doing it and there are ways of thinking about it. But Linguist List and this article that I found on Linguist List from Anthea put it so well that I... I, I don't have any better way of putting this because this is about, again, identity and it's about feeling confident in, in who you are. So I'm going to read you all of this because it is really, really good. To change your accent, you have to want to, really want to, deep down. 
This usually happens without much effort because you move to a new place, mix with different people or develop new aspirations. If a change hasn't happened naturally, but you want to change your accent, you should ask yourself why. What is it about the messages you give to people that you don't like? Are you finding it difficult to be a member of a group you want to join because you don't speak in the same way the group expects? Do you need to change your badge of identity? Sometimes it is other people's prejudice that you are responding to. Some people are prejudiced against certain groups. For example, many Ask a Linguist postings suggest that a lot of people in the US are prejudiced against people from the southern US. Do you want to accept other people's prejudice? I myself changed my pronunciation of words like book and look because of pressure. I used to pronounce look the same as Luke, Luke, which a lot of people found funny. So I changed look to be more like the other people. It is sad, though, to succumb to pressure like this. It is no different from dark-skinned people using skin whitening creams to look like pale-skinned people or East Asian people having their eyelids operated on to get European-looking eyes. Anyway, if you do decide you have good reasons for changing your accent and you want to put in some effort, these are some things that you can do. Number one, identify the accent you want to speak. Number two, expose yourself to the accent you want as much as possible. Number three, try to get some friends who speak with the accent you want. Number four, try to make sure you are not mixing with people who will criticize you for changing your accent. And then in the article, so this was all from this wonderful article I, I'm going to link to, there's also a recommendation and it's so, so lovely. So it dates it and you, you might notice that this is, this is a little bit dated. There's also a recommendation that you should listen to lots of cassette tapes <laughs> of somebody whose English or whose target language is like what you're aiming for. So whether it is cassette tapes or whether it's Yabla or whether it's YouTube or whether it's a podcast. It doesn't matter. What matters is if you want to intentionally change your accent, it's really good to expose yourself to it an awful lot. Now, I want to say something to to address you, the listener's question and them, so your question about how sometimes you get, you use a British accent without noticing. So I guess from what you said there, that that's because you got feedback that from people that said you sound British and something I have learned over time and from from living in a country where my accent is never quite what people expected to expect to hear from someone who looks like me how people react to your speech is a hundred percent on them Every single person will put their best interpretation on your voice, but they don't really know because everybody's knowledge is limited. So take my own voice that you're listening to right now. To some listeners, some people, I sound like someone from Germany who has learned English. I can emphasize those parts a little bit too, and then I sound a little bit more German. Some others think I'm from Scandinavia or from the Netherlands because they can hear that I have a continental European 
sound in my voice, I guess. And they can recognize that. They can't quite hear the German, but they know that people in those regions, in those areas, in those countries speak really good English with a kind of unusual sound to it. So they think I'm from there. To other people, I sound Welsh, perhaps because I've got a specific melody in how I talk. And then to Americans, though, I just sound British. British with, with no particular nuance to it. Each person compares what they're hearing in my voice to their own inner library, and then they judge based on that. No accent at all in the world is intrinsically superior or inferior to another. We've previously done a podcast episode where we talked about languages and how a language sound and how how inaccurate it, it is and how unmeasurable and opinions-based um, that to to say that Arabic sounds aggressive or German sounds aggressive or French sounds romantic or anything like that. These are our opinions about sounds much, much more than anything intrinsically to the sounds, the languages or the speakers. So again, no accent is intrinsically superior or inferior to another, even if you're learning a foreign language and your accent shows that you are from a different place. And that brings me to my final point, which is using an accent with confidence. For many language learners, this is a tough one. Having a foreign accent is often associated with making mistakes in your target language and getting corrected and being inferior. And overall, we just consider learners um, a lot. We consider learners less valuable than, than masters, right? Nice. Obviously, you have to be a learner in order to get to be a master. And it's very unkind to ourselves to think that way. It's kind of unkind to, to everyone, to every other human. No human is ever fully accomplished. So that can make you feel when you speak with a foreign accent that you're not living up to the standard that is expected to you of you. But as we mentioned above, it doesn't have to be this way. If your language always shows your identity, then you can proudly, honestly, you can proudly make being a learner a part of your identity. And I would absolutely encourage that. So here's how I approach it in a foreign language. I do make sure I learn the pronunciation and I make an effort with the pronunciation. I want to pronounce words correctly so that I am comprehensible and so that I can hear from other people what they are trying to say. So pronunciation in my book is something that you really have to focus on because you need it for communication. You could even study the International Phonetic Alphabet and that's going to help. But I don't worry about my accent. I try not to attach any value to anyone's comment about whether I sound like a North or South Welsh speaker or a German person or a British person and how my Spanish might sound like I'm from Spain, which it really doesn't. <laughs> or, you know, anything at all. Now, I'm not... And I'm not quite as uh, zen as I'm making out there. I do have some attachments with my English. I won't lie. Earlier this week, I spoke to a future podcast guest and she very quickly said, oh yeah, you're from Germany. That's really obvious in how you speak. And for me, it was it was difficult to to put that in the right place and to feel good about that. Because for such a long time, when I moved to England and when I was learning English as a teenager... I, I English was an escape for me. It was my sign that, you know, it was for me as a teenager, it was something I really took my identity from. 
So it was kind of my measure of whether things are going well or not. So now when somebody says, you sound German, I feel like something has gone wrong and I need to resist that. But my aim is to be very, very aware. And that's all we can aim for. And there is no pride to be taken in being somebody who sounds like they're from here or they're from there. Rather, what I try to do is embrace my accent, embrace my voice and love that it shows that I've learned something new. You're listening to me speak in English right now, which is a, a language that I didn't know when I was a kid. I didn't grow up with. It's an absolute delight for me to be speaking English. And again, for me, this is about identity. And if I sound German to you, then that's fantastic because it shows that I learned English. Why wouldn't I be proud of that? And the same for you. If you're learning an English speaker, learning Italian right now, and you're worried about your, your accent, what's wrong with being an English speaker who learned Italian? That is something to be proud of. However, if you are completely incomprehensible because you're not pronouncing things correctly and people don't understand you, different story. And I hope you can tell the difference there. So again, we conclude and we come down to learning being a process and being very far from perfection, but we're happy with that and that is a good place to be. That's it for today's episode of The Fluent Show. Thank you so much for joining me and for listening to The Fluent Show. Now, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at Fluent Language and The Fluent Show has its own account where you'll always be able to see what's new and what's out in any given week. That is at The Fluent Show. There it is. My Instagram is at Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N underscore fluent. And if you want to email the show, maybe send me a listener intro or whatever it is that you've got on your heart and on your mind, hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk is the email address. Now, finally, let me give you one last reminder that the Teach and Thrive Summit is happening this week and we would love to see you there. Get your ticket, get your ticket, roll up, roll up before it's too late. That is it. Thank you so much for listening to The Fluent Show. Until next week. Ciao.